Praise God. Praise God. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. We're going to look at a few different passages, I believe, today. Amen. The Lord has been giving me this interesting pattern of questions and as I'm studying or just praying, seeking after the Lord, a lot of times he'll ask a question and then he'll, he'll let me realize uh, he's already been giving me the answers to it. And then he says, oh yeah, by the way, everything I've given you is the answer to this question. And uh, sometimes he does it the other way around and he'll ask a question or he'll pose a question to me and then he'll show me in some scriptures and by other various examples what the answer is to that question. Uh, I, I have a question today and I believe with the Lord's help he's going to He's going to teach us and show us uh, his word here. My question is, who determines wholeness? Who determines wholeness? And I was remembering back a couple of weeks ago, we had Brother Chester right here. And I can't remember if it was on the Sunday service or if it was the, the Saturday before that when some of us were hearing him speak. But he mentioned about a story of, uh, a child. He was having to do a, a, a funeral service for a child that had been born with health, health complications, lived just a short time, and then passed away. And, you know, that's a really difficult situation, especially if you're a minister and you're asked to speak on behalf of the Lord and the Word of God about a, such a difficult situation. But what he said was, uh, as he was trying to prepare for that, he felt the Lord had, had asked him, who determines what a full life is? And he said, I'm the one that determines what a full life is, whether it's two months, two years, 10 years, 12 years, 20 years, 60, 80. Whatever that is, the Lord's the one that determines it. And it's a similar, it's a similar thought, I guess. I would, I would say that I feel the Lord is, is, is showing me about this idea of wholeness, okay? Or, or uh, a lot of times we link wholeness and healing together. But I just want to look at some scriptures together today and, and examine this. First of all, Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 23, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. All manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Let me stop there for just a minute and say, does that mean everybody was healed? No, it means that he healed some of all kinds. There was not a sickness or a disease that he could not heal someone from that sickness or that disease. It does not mean that everybody there that had a sickness or a disease was healed. Do you see the difference, right? All manner in other passages, he, it says that he went to some towns and they didn't really reverence or recognize who he was. And it says he did not many miracles there. And so it's not just a matter of, well, you get in the presence of Jesus and you're automatically healed. No, there's more factors to it than that we see here. 
But so he, he, he goes into this town and he heals all kinds of sickness and disease. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, this same idea of all manner of sickness, Matthew 10, verse 1, It says, and when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. It's a similar context, right? But now it's not just Jesus doing the healing, but he's giving his disciples power, authority to do the same type of healing work that Jesus did, but again we see it's over any kind. I, I would tell you there's not a kind of sickness or disease that you could have and the Lord not be able to heal that. I mean, in one instance, he picked up a severed ear and just stuck it right back on, right? That's a, that's a pretty major instance or, or injury or or accident, and the Lord just, I'm here, I'll fix that. You know, and, and, and we see countless times when he healed different various things. So he can do anything. He can heal anyone of anything. At any time, he can. Look at John chapter 5. Now, the question is, is, who determines wholeness? Jesus, I'm going to try to skip a little bit here, but just to give you the context of what we're reading in John chapter 5, we'll start at verse 6. And this is when he encounters a man who cannot walk at the pool of Bethesda. We've mentioned this, this passage before here, but remember the pool of Bethesda is a special place where God uh, sends an angel and the angel troubles the water and whoever's in first gets a healing. And Jesus, as the man Christ Jesus, is there in that area, in that town, and he goes up and he says, let's see what's happening at, at this special pool today. And he, see, he encounters this man. And so when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? That's the question that Jesus asks this, this man. The next verse, it says, The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. He did not answer the question, Do you want to be made whole? He answered an, his own question in his mind, and that question was, Why are you not healed yet I can tell you why let me tell you the factors let me give you all the details of why I'm still in this predicament that's not the question that Jesus asked him but it's the answer that he gave I yes I want to be healed but I can't I'm not yet because I don't have a buddy that's going to carry me down and put me in the water and so when it happens people get there before me to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Next verse. Jesus says unto him, rise up, 
take, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Next verse. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. Next verse. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day, it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. Next verse. He answered unto them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me. I'm only, I'm only carrying my bed because the guy that healed me told me, carry your bed, take up your bed and walk, get out of here because now you can walk. You got the healing you need, you don't need to hang around here anymore. But I'm wanting you to see this, this particular passage because it's using the term whole, not just healed, but whole. Jesus first approached him and said, do you want to be made whole? Do you need the thing that you might be missing in this? Do you want to be made whole? And then the man said, the one that made me whole told me to carry my bed. Verse, go down to verse 14, if you will, here. In this, in this same story. Afterward, Jesus finds him in the temple, said unto him, Behold, just in case there's any question, Jesus says, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. Come unto thee. Behold, thou art made whole. Look at Luke chapter 17, verse 11. We're framing this question, who determines wholeness? So in that instance, Jesus went up to the lame man and said, clearly you're not whole in this situation. Do you want to be? And then he did the work. Immediately, he was made whole. Luke 17, 11, it came to pass as he went into Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. This is Jesus it's talking about. Next verse. As he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers. That's a disease. And remember, all manner of disease, all manner of sickness, Jesus was healing. So, these ten lepers, they met him, which stood afar off. Next verse. They were socially distanced, in case you didn't catch that. They stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Continue reading. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go. This is like a, this is like a verbal encounter and healing, in case you have. He didn't lay hands on them. He didn't even get close enough so that a shadow could pass over them. There's nothing except words transpiring. They said, Master, have mercy on us. And he said, Go, show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. So somewhere along the, the journey from the time he said go and they started walking, they got cleansed. Now, I'm going to use this term interchangeably, healed and cleansed, because they were healed of the disease. They were made, they were, they were healed, they were made clean. 
Leprosy was a skin disease, right? So they had these different lesions and things on the skin. And as they are walking, they see, man, that arm's looking good again. My foot doesn't have that gross thing on it anymore. I'm looking good. I'm getting cleansed. As they were walking, they're cleansed. Next verse. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. He saw that he was healed. He turned back and glorified God. Next verse. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? I know that I wasn't, you know, he had to count them because they were far away. But he said, I know that was just more than one guy. And I said, go show yourself to the priest. And they were all cleansed as they're going. And he stopped. Just this one comes back. Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Next verse. There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Next verse. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. I'm wanting to show you this verse to show you the distinction between healing and wholeness. Between being cleansed or cured and being made whole. He only said this to the one individual. All ten got healing from the disease of leprosy. But all ten did not receive wholeness from the Lord. So what's the difference? I mean... uh, were the other what does the other nine, you know, by the time they get to the priest, know they've got leprosy again? No, they were cleansed. They were healed. The scripture's plain about that. So we've got to be, we have to understand there's something different that took place for this one. Go thy way. Thy fa- he didn't even say, now go back to the priest again. No, you have wholeness from this moment on. Thy faith has made thee whole. Let me, let me put it this way. You can be healed and not made whole. You cannot be made whole and still be sick or uncleansed unless it's something the Lord intentionally does not want you to be healed from. Made whole and healed are two different things. Now, he, he approached the impotent man, the, the lame man that couldn't walk. He goes to him and he doesn't say, do you want to be healed? He says, do you want to be made whole? You know, part of this wholeness thing that I have for you, John Doe or whatever his name was, part of this wholeness thing that I have for you is a healing. I want you to be able to rise and walk. I even am going to give you enough strength to walk and carry your bed at the same time. So that's part of your wholeness. 
And by the way, your wholeness also includes not sinning. Go and sin no more to remain whole. I like it. So he sees the group of ten lepers, and he hears them say, Master, have mercy on us. In other words, the state that we are in, we feel like we are not receiving mercy from you because we have this sickness. Because we have this disease, we feel like we're outside of your mercy. And he says, okay, I will have mercy on you. You're, whole, you're cleansed. You're healed. But not necessarily made whole. Uh, I, have a, I have another question. What if you're made whole and you are still sick or you get sick after you're made whole? Does that mean the wholeness didn't work? The healing didn't work? The Lord's miracle didn't work? Who determines wholeness? Because if I feel like I am the one that determines wholeness, and then he heals me, and then I get sick again, I'm going to think, he didn't make me whole. Or, if I get this miracle and everybody knows it, and then I start to feel sick again, and then I have to, you know, have, have some, some signs or, or whatever, and people start to realize I'm sick, they're all going to think I didn't really get healed. They're all going to think I wasn't made whole. My question is, who determines wholeness? We equate sickness with not being whole. That's us. That's not the Lord. Now, I know some people, I don't know, they must just have greater faith than me. But they just don't get sick, like ever. Not a day in their life. Are those the only whole people? Not according to my faith. My faith says I'm whole, and you can be whole, and we can all be whole. But we don't look to somebody else and their situation and say, I'm not like that, so I must not be whole. I heard a, I heard a man, uh, this was many, many years ago. He, the Lord used him in, in, in many gifts and miracles and healings. And he would pray and people would get healed. He had faith, amazing faith, and, and just boom, things all over. And, and this, this was an older gentleman and he wore glasses. And one day he was praying and he says, Lord, I'm supposed to be the one that's give, operating the gift of faith to all these other people. And I'm telling them the Lord can heal this and the Lord can do that. And why am I still having to wear glasses? I mean, why don't you just heal my eyesight? I've got faith for it, obviously. I know you can. You can give me perfect vision. So was that man not whole? Because he had to wear glasses? No. Who determines wholeness? The Lord does. And the Lord told him, nope, 
You've got a different situation than every one of the other people. That's the beautiful thing. We are all unique to God. And when he formed you in the womb, he did for you what you needed to have done to be who he wanted you to be. And if you didn't get it in the womb, he might have, for whatever reason, reserved that for a healing at age five or for an operation at age 12 or for whatever it is. But he's the one that starts it. He is the author of every life. And he knows what wholeness means for you. Just like he knew what wholeness meant for the, the lame man at the pool. He knew what wholeness meant for him and that he was not living in it. So he goes up to him and says, it's about time. Your time's coming. Do you want it? Do you want this wholeness? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. The, the Apostle Paul had some things to say uh, similar to what we're talking about today. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Let me, let me give you a story here, just a quick one. When I was a, uh, when I was a kid, there was a, there was a guy, he was older than me in, our, in, our, in my church that I went to, and he could play basketball like nobody we'd ever seen before. I mean, we all liked it and played it and could dribble, shoot, and you know, all this. But no, he was just on another level. Next level stuff. And he's, going, he's playing in school on his school team. And he, every church camp, man, he just puts everybody. To sh- some people just went, some of the guys, I think, just went to camp so they could see him play basketball. Because that's how good he was. And I remember it was my first year at a senior camp. Uh, so I think I was probably about 12 years old, 12, 13 years old. And that year, as he's playing basketball, in the middle of a game, he has one of those basketball injuries. I want to say it was the knee, something like that. I, just, I wasn't playing. I'm just watching. And all of a sudden, I hear, I hear a yell, like an excruciating pain. I see him go down. I see a crowd form around him. And there he is holding his knee and, and all on the ground. And we all know this is not good. He's not going to get back up and keep playing like he was. Not anymore. He now has an injury that is going to prevent him from doing what he could do. Now, to hear that man's testimony, there's a lot more to it than that, I know. But that's an example. Does that mean he was, he was whole before and then he got injured and he's no longer whole? That's not what he would tell you. He would tell you, I had to have that injury because it changed the course of my life and the Lord gave me a ministry in that moment, just like immediately, you know, immediately the, the lame man could walk. No, immediately the basketball star is injured. And he's not, he, he, I mean, he, he could have gone far playing basketball. He was that good and he's tall. That's what helps. But not anymore. Immediately, Immediately, he is made whole in a completely different way. He's got something going on in his life that is keeping him from being whole. It is this pursuit 
of a dream that the Lord did not give him. It's a desire to be or do something other than the will of God. And it took an injury at about 17 or 18 years old for him to realize I wasn't who God wanted me to be. And now, you know, I, I, I really would love to be there if the Lord had ever had a conversation with him one-on-one. Do you want to be made whole? Oh, you, you mean like, like jump three more inches higher? Be able to shoot from further back? Yeah, I'd love that. Whatever my game is missing. No, no, no. I got something different in mind. But do you want to be made whole? Because if the Lord would have said it's going to be a knee injury at 18 and it's going to change the course of your life and you're no longer going to be pursuing what you were pursuing, but now you will be made whole. I don't know. I don't know what the answers would have been in, in, in a situation like that. So who determines wholeness? The Lord looked at that situation and says, I know there's a lot going on here, but there's something missing. Let me do what I'm supposed to do, and we'll give it what's missing. And you know what? Then you will be made whole. I had another friend, similar age, same, same period of my life. This guy was, I mean, he could do anything. Just one of those, you know, gifted in, in all areas. And he was working on scaffolding at least, I don't know, two, three stories high. He fell off of it, had a significant injury. I I don't remember his leg or the hip, but he had such an injury that he could no longer even walk straight. I mean, after he had healed from the injury, he still got this, you know, things are not like they were. But the Lord used that situation to get a hold of his life and say, I'm changing the course of your life. You know what you're missing. You know what you were missing. You were missing an accident. You were missing an injury. You weren't whole before it. I mean, I know you could run and jump and you were all that good and everything, but you were miss- You were how I intended you to be. And so I had to bring this situation to make you whole. We equate, I'm saying it again, we equate, we equate sickness or healing with wholeness. And if I don't have the healing that I need, then I must not be made whole. But what the Lord is saying is, no, I determine wholeness and I look at a life and I know it's not complete yet. It doesn't have what it needs yet. I know that person thinks they've got it going on. They can do and be all this great stuff. But that's the problem. They have more than they need. Wait, uh, whole, I thought wholeness was getting stuff. You're, you're missing something. You're lacking something. No. Wholeness means you are, you're incomplete, but sometimes you're incomplete because you've got too much stuff. You've got... <laughs> Let's look at Paul. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. The Lord has done so much through my life, and he's, he's just awesome. I mean, he is doing so, so much for me. 
lest I should be exalted because of how awesome he is doing things for me, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted. He says this twice in this one verse. I could get too high. I could be doing too well. I could be proud of how great I am doing, even for the Lord. The Lord just keeps on giving me revelation after revelation. And I got a word for this one and a word for this one. And I got the answer to that problem. And I got, man, I've got so much good stuff that the Lord says, yeah, you got a little bit too much. Let me give you a little something else that's going to help balance that out. A messenger of Satan. What? I thought the Lord was like the shield and defender that would never let Satan come anywhere near me. No, you know what he is? He's the author of wholeness. Paul calls it a thorn in the flesh. Around here in Yakima, we have these things called goat heads. Anybody ever seen a goat head? Anybody want to live the rest of your life with one sticking in you? Probably not. No, we get them, and we get them out as fast as we can, right? I mean, the kids go out, and they play, and then they track them in, and you find them when you're not wearing shoes. Woo! Thorn in the flesh. No, so, so, so Paul says, in my life, there is something equivalent to that. I mean, I'm not even going to have a good nap if I don't get the goat head out of my foot. Right? I'm not, oh, I'll deal with that later. I got I to gotta keep doing what I'm doing. No. We get it out as fast as we can. So he's got something that he equates with that. And he says, it's a messenger of Satan to buffet me. You know what buffet means? It means to harass, but it actually means physical harassment like psh, psh. that's what this messenger of satan is doing to my life lest i should be exalted above measure next verse for this thing i besought the lord thrice that means three times that it might depart from me i asked the lord Get rid of it. And he said no. So I asked him again. Get rid of it. And he said no. So I asked him again. Get rid of it. And you know what he said? No. You're not going to get rid of this thing? This messenger of Satan? This harassment? This physical ailment that I have to deal with constantly? You're not going to get rid of it? The Lord said no. Next verse. He did give him an answer. He said, My grace is sufficient for thee. I'm not getting rid of that thing, but I'm giving you what you need to be made whole. You know what you need. You need my grace. 
You don't need less problems. Sometimes, hear me, you don't need physical healing. You need grace. His grace. My grace is... I can't, I can't, sorry, I can't let that go that fast. Sometimes you do not need physical healing. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I thought, I thought the Lord was the one that healed everybody. He went through Jerusalem and he healed all manner of sickness. Yes, he did. There is not a sickness that he cannot heal, but he did not heal every person. He left the ones that were already whole. He left them whole. Not because they didn't have any sickness, but because they had the exact amount of whatever he's the author of. And he looked at that life and said, that life's already complete. He left the preacher with the glasses and said, no, your life's already complete. I'm not healing that eyesight. Your life's already complete. So he says, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, there. now that's the end of what the Lord said. And now we're starting what Paul said. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ... So you know what happened? He had a revelation. <laughs> Not the same ones that he mentioned in the verse earlier. The abundance of revelation. Oh man, the Lord's given me so much. No, he had another revelation. He said, my weaknesses are the things I should be proud of. The things I should be happy about. Here's how I know he had a revelation. Because at first it was just one thing. The thorn in the flesh. The one thing. I, saw, I asked the Lord to remove that, and he said, no, my grace is sufi sufficient because my strength's made perfect in weakness. So then Paul had the revelation, what, are, what other areas are weaknesses in my life? Because all of them are opportunities for the grace of God to work in my life. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. What do you want? Do you want to not be sick anymore or do you want the power of Christ to rest upon you? Do you want to not struggle anymore or do you want the glory and grace and power of God to rest upon your life? Next verse. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities. in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions. The Lord's getting this there. I don't know if we're there all the way there yet or not. But he's, you know what, he's, since he's the author of stuff, he's, he's getting us to the place where you'll be glad when you get persecuted. You'll be glad when you have a need. You'll be glad when you have a weakness. Oh, no, I want to go and testify about how he fixed all my weakness. In persecutions, in distresses, 
for Christ's sake. Wow. In distress. That means when, I mean, things are not going right. When, when I've got too much on my plate and I can't handle it all and I'm getting stressed out and I'm about to lose my cool and you better stay out of my way and you better watch what you say to me and you better watch how you say it and you're best if you just leave the room because I'm at the tipping point. That's just stress. And Paul's saying, I'm happy when I get to that point. Not because I fully tip over, no. But because I realize His grace is what's needed here. This is an opportunity for His grace to be sufficient. For when I am weak, then am I strong. His infirmities. So, so are we saying Paul was not whole? He didn't reach wholeness. He didn't get healing. He didn't have what to look. No. He had a revelation that he was whole with his weaknesses. Luke chapter 8. I just want to look at one more passage here quickly. Luke chapter 8, verse 41. The Lord determines who's whole, what's whole, what we need. He's the author. He's the author of wholeness. Luke chapter 8, verse 41. Just wanted to show you this story real quick. Luke 8, 41. Behold, there came a man named Jairus. He was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come to his house. It's very interesting that he's a ruler of the synagogue, right? And then he goes to Jesus because Jesus is the man that's been doing all these miracles, all these signs and wonders. I mean, Jairus is the ruler of the synagogue. He's the church guy. But he goes to Jesus, falls at his feet. Please come to my house. Verse 42, for he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And the woman, having an issue of blood, 12 years. Somebody doing math in their head right now? How old was his daughter? 12 years. How long has this woman had this issue? Which had spent all her living upon physicians. Boy, if that doesn't frustrate you. If nothing else is relatable today, 
Just think of your last doctor's bill. She spent all her living on physicians. Neither could be healed of any. came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched and stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude is strong against you. You are in a crowd. We are not socially distanced here. Everybody's touching you. How are you going to say, who touched me? Verse 46, Jesus said, somebody touched me. A particular somebody. Not just bumping up against me, rubbed the shoulder, or crossed by and accidentally kicked him. No, somebody touched me. For I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, in other words, she thought she could get through the crowd and touch him and get on back. Nope, she realized he knew, and he stopped the everything. And so she realized this. When she realized she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people. Let me pause. She's healed at this moment. She touched the garment. The issue of blood stopped, stopped bleeding. Now she's healed, right? She came before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. Next verse. And he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. She had the healing, then she's made whole. Go in peace. With wholeness, I can live in peace. With, he with healing, I can't necessarily live in peace if I'm just healed. Because now, all right, that stopped. All right, whew, finally got that shoulder worked out. What's the next problem going to be? What's going to happen next? Because the Lord couldn't help me with my shoulder. He finally just had to heal it after 30 years. What's going to happen next? There's no peace there. Oh, yeah, the, the shoulder's good. There's healing, but there's no peace. Because I'm worried. I'm still fearful. But wholeness comes, and what's needed is peace. And now I'm made whole, not just healed. The Lord's the author of wholeness. He knows what you need. Verse 51. And he, when he had come to the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. Just the five of them went in. Verse 52, they wept and bewailed her, but he said, weep not. 
she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. <laughs> Let me just quickly say it's those five that were laughing. Not, this is not a house full. Remember, he said only these five get to go in. They see that she looks dead. And he says, ah, she's just asleep. And those five, Peter, James, John, the mom, and the dad, are laughing at Jesus because they're looking at this and saying, nah, she doesn't sleep like that. She's dead. And he put them all out. <laughs> I don't need this in here right now, guys. Where I operate is in the element of faith. Where I, where I do my miracles is not it amongst the attitude of scorn, mocking. I need faith. If you don't have it, get out. I mean, that's kind of rude, but that's what he said, right? <laughs> he put them all out. He took her by the hand and called, saying, Made, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway. And he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them that they, that they should tell no one what was done. Two more verses. Keep going in Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together. So he goes and gets, I don't know if he had a little talk with Peter, James, and John after that, or if he just saved it for when they were all together. But it's immediate. You see, it goes from that to this. Then, then he called his 12 disciples together, gave them power and authority over all devils, and to cure diseases, verse 2. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick, including the three guys that were just mocking, laughing, and scorning like, ah, this is a hopeless situation. Why don't you stand with me? I'm getting ready to close here. What we, what we need is wholeness. More than healing even. I mean, we know you go to church and you ask who all needs healing and there's always at least somebody, a couple people there. You go to church and you ask who all needs wholeness. I think we're good. But what every person needs, whether they know it or not, or whether they admit it or not. What every person needs is wholeness. The lady that was healed received her healing, but she needed peace. So he said, go in peace, made her whole. The leper that was cleansed, he needed healing, and he received it, but he came back and Jesus said, now I'm going to make you whole. Wholeness, we need wholeness. I believe the Lord would minister to that to us today. Every, he, he desires it for each one of us. He's the author of it. 
He knows right when he looks at you or right when he looks. This is, you know what, this is every day. This is, it, it's a lot more significant than a healing because if, I, if I've just got a physical problem and I'm healed, then the next day, as long as I wake up and it's still working, all right, I'm good. But wholeness, he knows the moment you lose it and you need it again. Or if something else comes into your life, disrupts it, he knows, oh, it's not a whole person now. They need wholeness. The Lord is going to minister wholeness today, I believe it. I'm going to give you a chance to respond here in prayer. If you want to come to the front, this altar's open. I'm asking every person, if you would, close your eyes, find a place and pray. Allow the Lord to minister wholeness to you today, if you would. Father, you know each one of us. You know each one of us, God. Every need. Every need, Lord Jesus. God, you know it. You know it from the beginning. You're the author and the finisher of each one of us, Father. God, I pray wholeness be imparted today. I pray wholeness be imparted today to your people, Lord. Father, where it's a physical healing that's needed, I claim the blood of Jesus right now, and I pray healing today in Jesus' name. God, where it's an emotional need that's, that's needed and a healing there, I claim it today in Jesus' name. God, those that need peace today in order to be made whole, I claim it today in Jesus' name. I, am, I pray the impartation of wholeness today into every life that's here, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. I'm encouraging you. Press, press right now in prayer. Get close to the Lord. Come on, get close to the Lord. Let Him do the work. Let Him do the work in the name.
I believe the Lord can do all things like we've heard today. 